Praise be Jesus Christ, and welcome to our very first episode of CarmelCast. I'm Brother John Mary of Jesus Crucified. I'm Brother Pierre Giorgio of Christ the King. We're discalced Carmelite friars of the Washington province of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, CarmelCast is a production of our publications ministry, the Institute of Carmelite Studies Publications, or ICS Publications. We specialize in the English translations of the writings of the discalced Carmelite saints, St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, or St. Edith Stein, and St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, just to name a few. We also publish great contemporary commentaries on the writings of these saints, as well as commentaries on Carmelite spirituality in general. You can find our website, www.icspublications.org, in the link of this podcast below. Before we jump into today's topic, brother, why don't you uh, say a little bit about uh, what is CarmelCast and what what do we plan to do with this time? Yeah, so the idea of this podcast is simply to open up um, to everybody sort of a conversation that we already have in the monastery on a daily basis um, to get your feedback and uh, just to let you listen in. And we're by no means experts on the spiritual life, um, but we do feel like that our saints and our Carmelite tradition have a lot to offer. And um, yeah, we'd like to share that with all of you. Yeah, and whether you're uh, maybe just a beginner in the spiritual life, you've not prayed much at all, or you've been praying for a long time, uh, we believe that this podcast can be for everybody. And in fact, the topic of today's episode um, is a topic really for everybody, and that's the topic of conversion. So I think it's it's interesting that uh, we usually hear the word conversion in the context of like somebody, perhaps uh, an atheist who has converted to yeah. Christianity, or you have the uh, uh, maybe a Protestant who converted to uh, Catholicism. That's usually the context that we hear the word conversion. But really, I think that conversion is so much more than that. And it's really something that we're all called to. Um, and it's not something that we're just called to and it happens once in our life, but it's actually something that we're called to on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, right now we're, we're gearing up for the season of Lent. Um, and that's really a time for to really call into question uh, the idea of conversion and um, our conversion on a, on a yearly basis. It's a time the church sets aside for that theme. Yeah. And, and just always, I think it's always important to remember that, that we're, we're all called to that no matter where we are, um, mm-hmm. whether we're just beginners in this life or whether we're already very, very advanced. Um, and I think that we can find examples of, of that type of conversion, um, especially among our own Carmelite saints. There's such a, a wide diversity of different experiences that they had at different points of their life of conversion. Right. I think of, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, our foundress, um, she, when she was writing The Interior Castle, she even, um, in the structure of the work in the, the seven dwelling places of The Interior Castle, um, three of those seven dwelling places really have a place uh, for a conversion in the spiritual life. And that's right even at the beginning um, for a true beginner, as well as as we progress um, in, into the spiritual life towards union with God. Yeah, that also reminds me of the conversion uh, or one of the moments of conversion in the life of St. Therese, um, you know, because she had this, this her Christmas conversion, as we call it, um, 
when I think she was 13 or 14 years old, she had this real experience of, uh, of self-knowledge into her own life. But she, she was already a believing Catholic. Um, she was already, you know, was, was receiving the sacraments, and yet she, um, she had a moment of conversion. Um, and then we can contrast that with, I think, uh, St. Teresa Benedicta, who uh, was, I don't know, atheist or agnostic at least, um, wasn't a believer and then she also had an experience of conversion, which brought her to the Catholic faith. Yeah. Uh, and I think, again, uh, of St. Teresa of, of Avila, our foundress, who was in the monastery for 20 years before, um, before she had sort of her definitive conversion that ultimately led for her to, uh, to reform the Carmelite order. Yeah, and she was almost 40 years old at that time. Um, and so I think that gives all of us a lot of hope, too, that there's, there's going to be continual grace uh, for conversion as we go along. I really think that it's it's important that conversion is is not just a one-time event or even just an occasional event, but it's a way of life. Yeah. Um, we live conversion daily. Um, and why do we live conversion daily? Uh, because we're we're falling away from God daily as well. Mm-hmm. And that's part of uh, of this process. And part of the process of Lent, too, I think, is really realizing um, the little ways in our daily life that we choose by uh, through our selfishness, through our pride, uh, to choose uh, other than God, other than love, um, and so we continually need conversion in order to be because con- conversion comes from the Latin conversio, which is is a turning, uh, mm-hmm. a turning to God, and so we continually need to be living these lives where we're turning back to God. Yeah, when when Saint Teresa was um, was in that initial twenty years of being a Carmelite nun. Um, she often writes, well, she writes in her autobiography how many times during that time that she was really just on the verge of, of mortal sin so many times. Um, and I think that we can all relate to that in different parts of our life where we feel like, um, you know, the edifice that we try to build for ourselves um, in, in whether, whether it be holiness or spirituality um, becomes tested and, uh, and it, it, the edifice that we built can maybe come crashing down and we feel really discouraged in that. And it's, it's so important to, to allow those opportunities for conversion to come back so that we can sort of pick ourselves up again towards God with his grace. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, kind of why we're talking about this now during Lent especially is that Lent is a time set aside particularly for this, this purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, we should be living conversion always, but Lent is a special time where we even do special practices and uh, we have certain, you know, uh, focus when it comes to readings in order to, to really li- to, to focus again on living lives of conversion. The whole point of, you know, these periods of conversion and the whole point of the spiritual life, I think it's good um, for us to really kind of solidify the end goal and where we're going. Um, I know that like when we when people ask us about St. John of the Cross and his writings, um, they want to know, you know, well, I should start with the dark night. Right. Um, and that's a really common question. But it's um, I remember when I was first introduced to St. John of the Cross and uh, asked the same question. And I remember a very wise friar told me the, um, to start with the living flame of love um, to get an idea of of where we're going. Um, so where are we going? What, I mean, what's the point of the, the living flame of love, do you think? Yeah, I mean, really, all of all of this, all of the spiritual life, um, the whole point of conversion, the whole point of of our lives here, really, is to attain union with God, mm-hmm. and so that always 
I think it's yeah, it's important to always keep that in in mind because um, it helps put everything else in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, I, I just remember this story of uh, Saint Teresa when she was young. Her and her brother, uh, they were going to run off in order to to be martyred. Um, you know, you can imagine these young kids just running off uh, with this. They had this great desire to become saints, and so they thought the easiest way was. Uh, was to become martyrs, and so they were going to run off to be murdered by the Moors. And uh, they didn't get very far before someone, one of their relatives in the town brought them back. And um, Teresa said that the reason why she did that is because she said, I want to see God. And that, even from a young age, she had that goal in mind, and her therefore her whole life could be focused on on that end. Yeah, it's amazing how um, you know a little story like that can have such a profound influence on I guess the definitive sort of quality of, of someone's, um, yeah, spirituality and their, their, their whole religious life really as a nun, uh, for her, um, you know, one of our friars, uh, blessed Marie Eugène, uh, his sort of synthesis of the spirituality of St. Teresa is titled, I want to see God. Um, and I think that's really sort of appropriate because it's has such a huge focus in Teresa's own autobiography. Yeah, and I, I just think it's it's striking that um, really though that that phrase I want to see God that's written on all of our hearts, and mm-hmm. whether we we know it or not, every person in the world is just every decision we make is geared uh, is is driven by that desire, um, even if we're not aware of of that. Uh, all of us desire to see God. Uh, it's it's God's grace that that sort of enkindles that and. Yeah, and drives and, us towards towards him. And that's a great point. I think actually relating back to conversion is that um, conversion is not anything that we do, but it's it's God's grace. And I think that God is continually offering us that grace every day. And so it's really it's it's our job then to to accept um, that grace. He always wants union with us, but we have to make the decision uh, to accept that that grace of conversion on a daily basis, in order to move towards that end, the end of the entire spiritual life, which is uh, union with Him, who is who is love. Yeah. Um, but I think, like one thing we see, I know from my own experience, and I think we, I mean, we read about it in Saint Teresa's life, especially, um, is on this this road, on this journey towards union with God. Uh, there are a lot of difficulties. And yeah. sometimes we, you know, we have this, these great desires. I want to see God. Um, and then things kind of fall apart. Um, so conversion, it's not, <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's really, um, yeah, you turn around, but then you have to start walking. And the path that you start walking on, I think, is wrought with many uh, difficulties for many people. Because, um, yeah, so much of our growth in the spiritual life is dependent on, our own ability to recognize um, the things in our life that get in the way of God. And that can be very difficult because we're attached to so many things and we live in a world um, that sort of uh, promotes that and, um, and sort of idolizes many things, um, uh, money and possessions being, um, I think, the ones that are most prominent. Uh, of course, sexuality being another huge one as well. I think uh, John of the Cross really he classifies those um, just these sorts of struggles that we face when we're when we're striving for union with God in uh, three different categories. He talks about how um, there's there's the world, there's the devil, and there's the flesh. Right. That comes from Saint Paul. Yeah. And so these are the these are the things uh, really that make 
conversion so difficult? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just like, for, for example, uh, the world can, can str- keep us away from God in the sense of, I mean, we, we could, I mean, we could have family members or friends that we have unhealthy relationships with that kind of draw us away. We could have commitments um, in the world that, that don't allow us to advance in our spiritual lives. Um, or maybe just get in the way too. Right. all these things. Like, um, I know like my apostolate, uh, even, uh, working with our publications ministry, um, you know, so much of what I do is business related and it's hard to, you know, I have to stop working an hour before prayer because otherwise, you know, the office kind of creeps in with, uh, with me into the choir when it's time for prayer. Right. So maybe not, uh, not just things, um, being, you know, complete obstacles, but also being um, things that are kind of like, you know, monkeys hanging around our neck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then so that that was, I think those are good examples of things in the world that kind of make conversion difficult. Um, and then John, St. John also talks about uh, the devil uh, is, I mean, he's, he's real and especially at these moments of conversion, he, uh, he sees the great good that could come out of this. And so, um, uh, he, he uses lies, he uses, uh, despair and, uh, depression in order to kind of just, to help, to, to help keep us away from that, that yeah. conversion. You were telling me yesterday, I think about, um, uh, Suna and the spiritual alphabet and how yeah. that one sort of tactic of the devil, maybe you should, uh, bring that up again. Cause I right. really yeah. thought it was helpful. Yeah. So this is from the, the third spiritual alphabet, which is by a, um, Franciscan from uh, around the time of St. Teresa. Uh, St. Teresa read this book called The Third Spiritual Alphabet that had a very profound uh, impact on her own spiritual life. But one of the things in that book that I read was um, that when the devil senses, when he senses resistance, he lets up. Um, And he does this so that uh, we gain courage. And like, so we think, we, we think that we are doing well and we become proud and really just focused on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's actually a tactic is the devil will let up so that we, we think we're making great progress on our own. Right. And then he'll, he'll sweep in and cause problems. So. Yeah. It's like building sort of like a spiritual house of cards where you're, it's, it's yeah. very precarious, but we, you know, we think that there's nothing that can disturb it. But then uh, the first sort of gust of wind or disturbance is, is quick to knock it down. So it's always important when we, um, are sort of venturing in uh, spiritual growth that we're that we really are building on solid foundations. Yeah, yeah. And then the third um, classification that Saint John talks about. So we had the world, the devil, and then he talks about the flesh or the self. And this is really the one that he says is the most problematic and ke- is the most yeah keeps us from from really growing in the spiritual life um, because interiorly we just have so many attachments to things. Um, we, yeah, we, 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 so often in our lives, we make decisions based on our own selfish motives. Um, and those are the hardest things to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for someone who's, you know, maybe been praying for a long time, um, and maybe struggles and has kind of this sort of plateau or not sort of a plateau and, and kind of, you know, they perceive it that way, um, in sort of their growth towards in virtue and towards union with God. Um, I think this this might be um, sort of a good way to introduce um, in our tradition how 
um, self-knowledge becomes a huge importance because I think um, maybe not for the beginner, but for you know someone who's who's more uh, advanced that most of our conversion is sort of um, I think comes from the the self-knowledge we gain uh, by in, by sort of endeavoring into the spiritual life. Right. Yeah. And the, the reason why um, is because it's through self-knowledge that we overcome ourselves. We mm-hmm. become aware of our own weaknesses, uh, our attachments, and um, that allows us to be more open to God's grace than to, in, in overcoming those things. Yeah. And, and self-knowledge, you know, is always self-knowledge in light of God. So immediately uh, we're talking about being humbled before him yeah. um, and seeing uh, our weaknesses uh, in light of, uh, you know, the divine physician who's uh, able to uh, heal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can see like um, in all these examples of, of things that are up, appear to be struggles uh, in the spiritual life to growth, to conversion. Um, and I, I think the one of the keys then is uh, just realizing that that's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we all go through these kind of ups and downs in our spiritual life. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's so normal to, to have uh, moments of intense conversion and then to have moments where you feel like you're sliding back again. Yeah. Um, and God uses those ups and downs to help us. We should be, I think it's St. Paul that talks about tending towards eternal life. And so it's, you have to look at this big picture of where is my life headed? Yeah. And St. Teresa talks, I mean, she, she says, I'll say it again and again, uh, throughout uh, all three of her major works, but um, that there's times when someone who's very advanced in the spiritual life will be called to um, to drink the milk of infants, as she says, um, and, and to sort of start again. Uh, so there's there's always um, this sort of, uh, there's opportunity to, to draw back and to, and to be aware of where you are and where we need to go. Yeah, because until we've reached um, perfection, which is only in the life to come, uh, there's always a need for conversion. Mm-hmm. Faced with all of these these struggles, then uh, what do we need then as we're moving <laughs> forward in the spiritual life? How can we how can we take this journey? Yeah. So, like when I was thinking about this uh, beforehand, um, the, the really the author that came to mind was the um, the commentator on Saint Teresa, our friar, uh, blessed Blessed Marie Eugène, um, and he has this great book. We, we already actually already mentioned it. I want to see God. Um, which is uh, part one of a, of a uh, sort of a synthesis of Carmelite spirituality. Um, this volume focusing uh, more on, well, I think both volumes focusing more on St. Teresa, but uh, using aspects of St. John the Cross. And he does a really good job of sort of um, introducing the sort of the necessary dispositions um, that everyone needs uh, before I mean, really, from the outset, sort of the, the jumping off point, like what, what is required to even begin the path of, of uh, spiritual growth. So a resolute will being the first disposition, uh, discretion of, and liberty of spirit is the second disposition, and great desires as the third disposition. But I think you did a, a better job of, of um, uh, alliterating them. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, and, and I also, I kind of reordered some of what I think the, the same three that he said, though, but I like the idea of having um, desire, determination, and discretion. And so we have those, those three Ds that, um, and they're, they, these are necessary dispositions if we want to go with another <laughs> D there uh, for, for growth in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's start with, well, the first one actually we've kind of even touched upon already is desire. Yeah. Um, that I mean the whole idea of what we said before about I want to see God. I mean, that's that's where all of this is grounded is this desire, uh, desire for for love of God, for union with God. And I think that can take uh, maybe some unexpected shapes and forms too, because um, I think of uh, St. Teresa Benedicta, uh, how she writes that um, anyone who seeks the truth is seeking God, whether they know it or not. I think you mentioned that earlier, in fact. Um, and that comes from St. Thomas Aquinas and Der Veritate uh, in a little bit different way. Um, but this notion of uh, some people are, are seeking, are desiring God without even uh, realizing it, or maybe they don't think of it in a, um, I think most people are aware of, of sort of Christian worship and Christian prayer, but they may not uh, fully understand it, but they're seeking uh, truth. And I think that's a disposition that God can work with. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm reminded of talking about desire of um, St. Teresa writes in The Way of Perfection. She says that uh, the measure that you desire him, you will find him. And I actually have that written on a, a post-it note <laughs> on my door because it's so important. It's not it's not that, you know, the measure that you desire him, you might find him. It's She's very strong. The measure that you desire him, you will find him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's re- very reassuring to me at times. Yeah. I think of, uh, I had a friend in when I was in, in college and at the beginning of every semester, we'd always say to each other, okay, this is the semester, man, where I'm going to get really holy. This, <laughs> this is the semester. And so we'd start out with all these like great desire, right? And then of course, a couple weeks in, things would get busy with school mm-hmm. and things would start dropping off. Um, but at the beginning of the next semester, again, it would be, this is the semester. This is the semester we're going to get holy. <laughs> um, and now I can look back on those years and they were probably some of like the, the greatest growth that I had in the spiritual life. Yeah. Yeah. It's because, yeah, I think those, those sort of bursts of, um, of energy, right. Towards, towards making, uh, changes in your life. Um, that's the, you, I think you, you see the fruit of them quickly and you're able to be, um, yeah. Once you start growing in virtue, it's, it's easy to not easy, but it's, it makes sense why a virtue is something to be desired and why it's good. Yeah. So that's desire. Yeah. So now let's talk about determination. This is the one that I feel like also <laughs> Teresa of Avila is very big on. Yeah. Um, she always talks about you have to have a determined determination. <laughs> uh, and I think the reason why is because we all see this in our life is that desire isn't enough because we start out with strong desires and then we fall. Yeah. Um, and we become discouraged and we face struggles. Yeah, I my one of my favorite scripture verses uh, is from the letter to the Hebrews, uh, where the author of the letter says that um, have you have you um, have you resisted sin to the point of shedding your blood? Um, and of course, he's speaking of of the great determination of the martyrs, but um, really encouraged to encourage the the early church uh, in in um, being determined towards uh, turning away from sin and living living the gospel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, again, I think that determination, uh, like we said with desire too, is it presents itself in different ways and different people. Um, but the whole point of it always is to be just, yeah, kind of remember that, um, even when we fall, even we're going to fall. And even when we fall, even when we struggle, um, that we have to get back up again and, and keep moving forward. Right. Yeah. And, and when, necessary to seek uh, the sacraments that that give us the grace to do that as well 
right. um, yeah. daily Eucharist, um, of course, being the primary sacrament for healing venial sin, and then uh, the sacrament of reconciliation uh, to always uh, for venial sin, but um, being the special remedy that God gives the church to heal from a very serious and mortal sin. Yeah, yeah, and these are the good kind of ac- external things in our lives that really help us to uh, remain to to continue along the road, but to remain determined. Uh, I mean, the sacraments of the church, and and also I think just having a community too. Of, I mean, we're lucky in the monastery we live with uh, a, a group of brothers who are striving towards this intimacy. Um, but everyone has some someone that they can find or some way that they can find mm-hmm. uh, a community in some sense in order to help them remain determined because the, 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 the main work of the devil during this time of conversion is um, to try to help to try to uh, encourage us to despair. Um, he wants us to give up and despair is the main way um, that we kind of fall away. And so sometimes we need the sacraments we need our brothers in order to, to have, keep us from falling into despair and help us to remain determined on our journey. Mm-hmm. So then the third one uh, is oh, discretion. Discretion. So I think that one's uh, probably the hardest. I think it's an important part of our own tradition. Um, even in our our rule, the Carmelite rule is the the rule of St. Albert. Mm-hmm. And um, at the very end, it talks about in all of these things, see that common sense is not uh, exceeded. And and then it says that common sense is the um, the guide of, is it the guide? The guide of the virtues. The guide of the virtues, yeah. and that's from St. John Cashin. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's it's always always to remember common sense discretion is uh, is so important in the spiritual life. Yeah. I think, you know, again, uh, St. Teresa is can be kind of called the, the, uh, the patron saint of discretion in many ways. She was such a wise woman, um, and, uh, you know, as holy as she was, she, she never let, you know, the world sort of fool her at all. I mean, she was, she, uh, she, she takes the line from the gospel, be as you know, wise as certain serpents, but gentle as doves or gentle as lambs. That also uh, reminds me of, uh, it's, I mean, speaking of Holy Mother's, uh, St. Teresa's discretion is how, when she first visited the friars at Dorarello, she loved, <laughs> she loved all the penance that they were doing and the prayer and all of that. But one of the things that is passed down in the tradition is that, uh, she saw that the friars weren't wearing shoes and they were out walking. Sometimes it was snowing and they had to walk miles and miles to go to the next town in order to preach to the people. And so being the wise and um, the wise and, you know, just uh, holy woman that she was, she insisted, you have to put on sandals. <laughs> you can't you can't walk around barefoot because you're going to get sick and you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that would be a kind of a, a bad first start for the very first two friars who right. were at Duroelo for the for the Carmelite <laughs> reform. Um but yeah, I mean, one of I think one of the principal sort of um, things that really comes out in the way perfection, one of her great uh, masterworks that she wrote um, about, you know, most of um, the practice of asceticism that she recommended for um, her first nuns was um, asceticism always to um, to sort of break down the barriers that hinder one um, from going to prayer. Um, and that, you know, the very first asceticisms that we undertake should be aimed at making time for prayer um, and uh, eliminating distractions that uh, will kind of, you know, you know, carry on our backs as we walk into the to the chapel. Right. 
or to wherever we're praying. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's dangers in even in, in works of asceticism of whether it's um, if you're if you're fasting too much or if you're not sleeping enough, that actually can become a hindrance to you mm-hmm. in prayer and make prayer not not possible. Right. Um, if you're if you're just sleeping the whole time in in the choir when you're trying to pray, then that's that's not helpful. Yeah, she mentions in her autobiography, Saint Teresa, that um, that there's a, a a young nun who's who's doing so much penance that uh, she's not going to be able to fulfill the rule that you know she professed. Uh, she pr- made her profession of vows too, right? So um, certain things, um, works of asceticism, can get in the way of our calling in life, and that's that's really dangerous. So we see that we have these these uh, three dispositions, and that we've talked about. Um, Desire, determination, and discretion, and these are all um, these can be found very clearly, I think, in the writings of both Saint Teresa and Saint John, um, and that these are interior dispositions that we need uh, in order to respond to God's grace of conversion, and um, from the beginning, kind of to to respond to that grace and, and grow in the spiritual life. Um, so then, once we have these main dispositions. Um, I guess, what's the next step then? Yeah, so um, in the second dwelling place uh, of the interior castle, St. Teresa uh, talks about how um, prayer is the doorway uh, into the path of the spiritual life. Um, And I think it'd be a good uh, way to end this episode by reading um, that passage from the interior castle, uh, which will really set us up really well for the next episode where we're going to talk about uh, prayer itself. yeah, so in uh, the interior castle, um, this is in the second dwelling place, uh, in chapter 1 uh, of the second dwelling place, um, paragraph 11. To give a little context, um, she's talking about how um, this, this life of um, you know, fleeing towards God um, in, in the spiritual life, uh, away from the world, um, and away from uh, sin and the things that keep us from God, um, you know, why even bother? Uh, so that's sort of the context of this paragraph. But uh, she says here, Someone could think that if turning back is so bad, it would be better never to begin, but to remain outside the castle. I have already told you at the beginning, and the Lord himself tells you, that anyone who walks in danger perishes in it, and that the door of entry to this castle is prayer. Well now, it is foolish to think that we will enter heaven without entering into ourselves, coming to know ourselves, reflecting on our misery and what we owe God, and begging him often for mercy. Hey everyone, Brother Pier Giorgio here. Thanks for checking out this episode of CarmelCast. If you want to hear more of us, don't forget to click subscribe. Want more information on Carmelite spirituality and the Discalced Carmelite Saints? Then you'll want to check out our website, www.icspublications.org. There's a link in the description of this episode. From here, you can see all our current promotions and access our complete catalog for the writings of St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, and St. Edith Stein. If you want to stay up to date on all our promotions and new titles, then be sure to add your email to our email list. There's no better way to stay up to date on the latest Carmelite publications. Thanks for joining us, and may God bless you.